What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome to Snapback Chat. I'm here today with Elton Castay. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to have you in New York. It's a little chilly. A little, yeah, yeah, a little, a little cold. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's just go all the way back. July 2016, you have this dream, vision, idea to travel the world. Yeah. Just was talk. Ju- wow, was it, did we start July, July 2016? I mean, that's that's what if the people are you, saying. Your notes are better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we came off of uh, Vine. That was ending. We were switching into Facebook because that was thriving. Mm-hmm. And some of our friends were on YouTube, and I had one buddy in particular that was like, getting ready to move home. And I was like, well, why don't we do this idea? I was like, I asked him, I was like, what do you want to do with your life? He's like, I want to travel. I was like, what's the number one thing you want to do? He's like, I want to see the Northern Lights. And I was like, cool. And at the same time, I'd been working on this like kind of weird show idea of like finding a way to travel, but we do pranks. And then whoever like lost the prank had to pay for the thing we were trying to do that day, mm-hmm. which was like kind of like an impractical jokers, but I think before. Yeah. Or maybe the same time. Um and then I was like, Well, why don't we just take this show idea that I've been trying to sell and blah 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 and just do it as a YouTube channel? And we brought a friend's motorhome. We like paid him like six hundred bucks. It was the craziest piece of crap motorhome yeah. you could ever imagine. Um, took out a personal loan from someone else and then I put in the rest of my money that I had in my bank account into it. And we started off on like a 30-day West Coast road trip. So looking back, obviously, it was a massive success. But in the moment, like what are the opinions from family, friends? What are the thoughts going through your head? I think when we went into it, we we went into it with like we saw the potential of what YouTube could deliver. And this was at the time where like uh, David Dobrik was basically like our roommate. Like he didn't yeah. live with us, but he was there every day. And I think at that time he was getting like 100 to 150,000 views of video. And to us, we're like, oh, like, that's the potential. Like, we could be doing 100, 150,000 views of video. Like, it took David a year. It's like, okay, well, we can do it in a year. So I think for us, like, that was the goal. Like, that's what we were looking at was that amount. Um, and we went into it with an editor. We went into it with, like, a camera guy. So our first few videos were, like, crazy good quality. And everyone was like, keep doing this. Keep, like, we didn't have a single person that was like, this isn't good. Like, everyone was like, more, more, more. Um, so it was really encouraging right off the start, but we didn't think it was going to be successful. And honestly, like, I think it probably could have gone on to be a lot more successful given all the mistakes I made yeah. along the way. But the mistakes are <laughs> the mistakes are what you learn from, and you kind of build off of. Yeah, and unless you make mistakes that are irreparable, and you can't build off. Of them. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so you started on Vine, mm-hmm. and then was. Was this before, after Vine shut down? Like, what was that transition? Because that's kind of like you were tied to Vine slightly, right? Mm -hmm. Like your success, and then you have to go to a new platform and kind of restart. Yeah. Is that what happened? Um, Sort of. So, like, I've been on record as stating that I knew Vine was going to go down about a year and a half before it did. Like, I I saw all the decisions they're making. They hired certain people. I told all my friends. I was like, this isn't going to last. Like, this is is going – 
to end and it's not going to end well and like it's going to get the, like there's no way right um so like i saw that coming so as vine was like the first hint of it dropping i was like full power over to facebook and i started just making like facebook sketches like little minute long sketches and i just did that and so i was already basically as vine was like fully collapsing i was already fully into facebook and making like way more like financially positive decisions mm-hmm. there than i ever did on vine um, so I was already on my way out, so it didn't affect me too much. But when we went into YouTube, my, my partner there, Heath was a, a huge Vine person too. So we had a little bit of like a kickstart on YouTube because people were familiar with us from mm-hmm. Vine. So I watched a ton of your Vines and you watched your old Vines, right? And reacted and like, oh, kinda, yeah, kind of like, like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. So you now make 20, 30 hour long videos on YouTube and you're mm-hmm. making six second vines. Yeah. Which one, like how much time goes into a six second vine? How much time goes into an hour long YouTube video? A six second vine takes six seconds. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's honestly, it's like, very rare. The I'll do ideation, twice. really? These are first shots. Oh, like just, an idea. It's like normally goes in your notepad yeah. and then you like look at it and be like, can I do this or not? Yeah. Or do I need a friend or not? But normally like most of my vines were one takers. I mean, a lot of them were like stunts. They were like pranks. Like some, like some of the pranks, like it took me a little while to build it. But to me, that was like fun. Like I didn't even, yeah. I didn't probably didn't even keep track of how long it took me, because like I'm just building like a six foot ham that swings from my right. roof. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't know how long I spent on that. That looked painful. Like did it anyone was, ever get hurt being hit by that? Me. I'm the only one that got hurt. <laughs> I got a concussion from one. I got like two, a gallon of milk and a gallon of milk got smashed on my head. Yeah. Uh, and that gave me a concussion. And I think that was the only like injury of all all the videos I ever did. That's pretty lucky. Yeah, it's pretty good. I was I normally kept safety in mind, even when I lit myself on fire. When did you do that? That was a vine too. Yeah, like <laughs> I lit myself on fire and then ran through an obstacle course that was also lit on fire. Um, so we and we did like stun gun stuff. We did taser stuff. We did a lot of like, I got banned from Las Vegas for an entire year because um, I did a cannonball into the Bellagio. Yeah, I saw, um, I saw that became like a whole theme within your content oh yeah that was like the that was like the the high point that was like the climax of like the mall cannonballs so you jump in at the bellagio and like security grabs you because normally it looks like you get away i got away so what happened was i got away i like mapped out i actually like knew when they were changing guard so i knew the exact (laughs) point where the guards were on the furthest ends of it and i could do the middle and then go up onto those like bridges Mm -hmm. um but what happened was like six months later like someone saw the video who like hated me like just hated my content and they like turned it into the lvpd and then the lvpd got my contact information was like just so you know you have a warrant and also we've notified the mgm and like the property owners yeah so like my name like i couldn't rent a hotel room for an entire year in vegas (laughs) um so that was fun (laughs) that's ridiculous the weirdest the lamest probably way to get yeah i was gonna say at least get caught it would be better no i went swimming in a fountain yeah i couldn't go to vegas was it a warrant out for your arrest or just like yeah because the hotel hotel, like pressed charges for trespassing it was something like very like a misdemeanor but essentially it was a misdemeanor they i don't know they were basically like give a warrant out i was like okay but it went away so it looks like you're always having fun when you're doing this stuff. Like you said, you, you're, it's just enjoyable. Mm-hmm. What are, like, the stresses or the stuff people don't know about that is the hard part of your job? Because it seems like when you're, you're on camera, you are where you are, you have the idea together, now it's go time. You're just going to go and have fun. But yeah. what's the process that makes it difficult? Or is it just truly an enjoyable ride for you? Oh, it's like, it's like, it used to be, like, 95% fun. Yeah. 
and now it's like down to like 15 <laughs> because people don't really like I'm I, for my example like I'm a one person team right like I don't have editors I don't have pre-production I don't really have anyone on my team mm-hmm. so for me it's like ideation texting people like casting right like like who's available mm-hmm. scheduling with them making sure like this person lands at two so we can start at 2 30 but we it's a lot of that and then working with whoever location we're working with whatever producer whatever company and then I do all my own cameras and I make sure my gear my you know everything's charged and then I have to dump footage and edit and upload and tag and title so it used to be a lot more just fun mm-hmm. and now it's like because all the people that I started with, have gone on to be successful, and which is a great thing. They're all so busy that it makes it harder for me to have fun doing it right. when I know for them, now filming with me is work and it's not fun. Right. So it's like a, it's a different switch of gears now where it used to be just like everything's enjoyable, but now I find myself spending 10 to 15 times longer producing the content than I do actually like filming it and enjoying it. So that's the, that's the huge switch now. I totally get that. Yeah. It, it's like people don't understand how much effort and work and production it takes into building a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Like it's equal almost to a TV show. It's the same thing. It's just a different platform. Yeah. It's, yeah. Last project I shot was a lot. Yeah. It was like a lot, a lot. It was like three weeks of. What made you go kind of one man show? Like I assume the Paul brothers, David, they have whole teams building out their stuff. Like, are they editing their own videos? David or? does. David really? David will never relinquish editing. He Really? David is, like, uh, one of those people where he knows where he, he knows the roots in which he grew from, mm-hmm. and he's never willing to, like, uproot them. Yeah. Like, he, he just knows that, and he always edits it. He picks his own music. Like, he will not let anyone else. Like, he'll ask for opinions, but um, he still edits. But also, like, you look at his videos, and they don't. They're not 4K, 120 frames per second, flashy editing. It's just cut, 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 Mm -hmm. cut, and a couple songs. So for him, it makes sense. Um, What makes his content, your guys' content, like so enjoyable for fans? I think it, I think the one, the way that he and I film is pretty comparable. Like we both kind of shoot from like the hip, sort of an aspect where it feels like you're the person standing next to us. Mm Like, I don't film, like, in front of me. I don't, I, I don't like, I break the fourth wall. Like, people, my, the people I'm filming speak to the camera, me. So I think from the viewer's perspective, it feels like you're part of the group. It feels like you're at the party with us. It feels like you're bungee jumping with us. It feels like you're in the motorhome with us. It feels like you're just, like, joining along on this ride instead of, like, watching mm-hmm. it happen. It actually gives people this, like, sense of, like, oh, like, this is my community. This is my friends. Like, so I think that's the biggest part is that it kind of removes them from... It doesn't feel like they're being entertained. It feels like they're hanging out with their friends. Um, and I think that's, like, the main reason why, like, my channel has done so well. Like, I can't attest for his. Mm-hmm. But I think, for me, for sure, one of the biggest reasons why TFIL is where it is is because of that kind of feel it gives it. Yeah, I yeah. love that. TFIL, so this is a family-friendly podcast, so we're not going to... Uh, we'll call it the fun in life, then. The fun. Right, so the, you have that cover. That's the secondary acronym, yeah. Um, so it was a thousand items on the list. Yeah. How many? How many do we have left? I think we've done around two hundred thirty. Okay. We when we started it, <laughs> I never actually got Heath's list, so I don't know what was like. <laughs> so it was supposed to be five hundred, five hundred. Yeah. I think I only did like three hundred fifty of mine. Wow. And then I think as we went, we kind of just like, if it was something he was like stoked on, we put it on the list. We never officially released it, mm-hmm. um, but we've definitely done, like, 230, 240, like, notable things. 
I feel like even accomplishing that many is way more than anyone will really get to do in a whole lifetime. Yeah. yeah but like, are you still planning on doing the remain? The yeah. Remain? I mean, I, I think I think the definite plan would be to actually finally release it. Like, I yeah. think I have, like, 900 now on my phone. Wow. But I still want to leave some blanks because there's just – there's some things you just don't know right. that exist that you're like, oh, if I knew this was here, I would definitely have, like, sought this out. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what led to your next project. Your next mission was you talked about, I want to travel the world, do all these things. And then you ended up in these different countries and you realized, whoa, there's like a serious problem going on here. So that's what helped uh, start Send It? Uh, well, Send It Society, like, or Send It Clothing Co. was mm-hmm. originally a clothing line, was just, it was one of the terms that we said when we started like the thing it was like send help yeah or send it it was like one of those two so like i have send help tattooed on me mm-hmm. um so the clothing company kind of started from that and then we actually got uh trademark suited so now we're Senate society really um and the whole thing with like Senate society is i wanted to create a clothing line that felt as though the people that were wearing it were part of a community and it was also kind of enforcing a positive idea of like, there's, like, Nike, Nike has do it, which essentially implies that you can. Right. But not everyone can. Like, not everyone yeah. can sprint a mile. <laughs> so, like, send it to us is, like, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but you're at least willing to try. Um, and that's kind of, like, why we built the clothing line with, like, so much of our messaging is, like, keeping kids off the couch or mm-hmm. attack your goals. And, it's like, it's a lot of, like, positive, like, reinforcement for us. Um, so that's kind of why we built the clothing line. And we tried modeling it as, like, a not-for-profit clothing line. I didn't want to essentially, like, hijack the Tom's model of, like, right. doing a one-for-one one mm-hmm. until now we've realized, like, why Tom's is one-for-one. Yeah. And after watching more and more interviews, that's what we're switching to in 2020. Okay. So 2020, the clothing line is fully going to be one-for-one. So a shirt, shirt, hoodie, hoodie, pants, pants, hat, hat, whatever it is. Why is that a better model? Um, it's it's kind of dialed into a point where, like, you know, I, I can just basically, like, quote what he said. It's like, it's, it make it keeps things simple. Mm-hmm. It allows customers, consumers to understand exactly what they're doing with their money. That way you're not doing a percentage where you're doing right. 30% of net. And they're right. like, what's net? Or 72% of gross. And, like, and you run a promotion. It's like, well, it's 12% of the, yeah. Exactly. And then it, so it just it kind of alleviates all of the questioning that the customer might have about what is really what are they doing. It's, it's very simplistic where they know like, oh, I just bought a shirt for my grandson. And I also just gave a shirt. So it's very simplistic, and that's what he like Blake broke it down to is mm-hmm. it just keeps things so dialed in, so concise that everyone can understand it. And frankly, like the math on it ends up being the same as what a hundred percent not for profit. Like it almost it's ends up same math. Yeah. So where does the? I mean, I love it. I love the whole send it like talking about failing, but just like go and do it. Where's this come from within you? Is it? parenting is it friends family like where do these roots that you just have this mission in life to like do these things uh i think it's just kind of like for me it probably came from moving so much Mm -hmm. in so many different schools and high schools where i always found myself as like the new kid and when you're the new kid like the easiest way to kind of break into the community is to just be outrageous and loud (laughs) and obnoxious yeah so i think like i kind of got that ingrained into my personality where like i would kind of have this like you know, no F's given, like, trait about me. And then that kind of, like, translated into Vine and my pranks and all those thing, kind of things. So I think it kind of just got ingrained into me at a young age where I just didn't care. Like, I didn't see the point of not trying. It's like, why would you go your entire life and, like, not bungee jump when you're 30 minutes away? Like, why not right. try? 
So I think that's what it's always been to me. Is like a, there's more of a downside to sitting idle than there is to actually just going out. And like I'm not gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like these things have been perfected. Thousands, if not hundreds, of thousands, if not a million people have done yeah. it. Like I'm safe. Right. So. I guess walking down the street, like. Yeah. Who knows? Who exactly. knows? You have one life. You might as well live it to yeah. the full. I didn't, like, it's tough to actually hear someone say, no Fs, like, I want to do everything, and then, like, actually believe them. But then I saw you with Katy Perry, and, like, millions of people want to oh, meet yeah. Katy Perry mm-hmm. and, like, have a conversation or, like, get her to say a cool thing, and you, like, roared in her face. Yeah. You just don't care. No, I didn't. And who, who else was it? It was Sam. Sam Smith had like stay with me. Yeah. And like, like the booth next to us at the Grammys was doing an interview with him, and I was trying to get Sam to come do an interview with us at yeah. like over at MTV, and he wouldn't. And I was just like screaming like Sam, stay with me, <laughs> as he just kept walking away. So that's all it was. It was yeah. just like why not? Like they're not gonna get mad. Like Katie didn't get mad. She like chuckled and walked away. Right, because normally it is people who get nervous or they want to say something. Yeah. And you're just like, I yeah, Sam, like Sam Smith thought it was hilarious. He like <laughs> tweeted about it later. He was like, I don't know who that guy was, but I was like, oh, really? yeah, it was just I like, just... they don't care. like they're us. Like, what? like yeah. why does it matter? They're human beings. Yeah. Did, has there ever been a moment? I'm going to assume no, based off your personality, but mm-hmm. where you were starstruck or, or maybe even a situation where you're like, wow, how did my life kind of become what it was? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I definitely, in terms of being starstruck, I don't yeah. think there's ever been a point where I was like, "Oh, this is crazy." <laughs> like, no, I've, I've never had that. Like, if anything, it's more the other end where it's like, "Oh, that's someone like I'm not gonna bother them." Um, I think I'm more like conscientious about that, where right. I, I see someone, I'm not like, "Oh, I need to be in your face." Right. Like I did that at the Grammys because I was told to. Yeah. So like that was my job there. Um, and then what was the other end like? Just, like, do you ever, is there ever a moment where you're like, wow, how did I get to this point in life? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, every day. Like, I look at how much I pay for rent. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I was living in my car. Right. Like, nine years ago. You I was paid, literally living yeah. in my Jeep at the back of my school nine years ago. Nice. And then it's like, I'm paying more in rent than my car was worth that I was living in that. Right. So, like, that's, for me, that's an everyday How thing. do you stay grateful in those moments? I just keep working. Yeah. Like, I, like, I try to never take a day off. Like, that's my whole thing is, like, I never just want to, like, go on a vacation. Like, I don't want to just not work. It's, like, it took so long to get where I am. Like, my, my duty is to keep going, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, that's my whole point is, like, like why? Like, so I think for me, like, that's how I stay grounded is by never under operating under the assumption that this is permanent. So, like, PewDiePie, he, mm. he he just took another break. Yeah, he it's, needs to. Right. So, why do you say he needs to versus, like, you're in the belief that I need to keep going and just... Well, if, yeah. I'm, on, if I'm under the right assumption, he does dailies or okay. very close to dailies. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he's 12 years in, 13 right. years in. That's a lot. So, mathematically, that's, like, I don't know how old he is, but that means he's worked nonstop for, you know, like, just creatively, like, you can't work every single day like at least for me like I film in like chunks of six days or eight Mm -hmm. days and then I edit and then I have a different project but for him like creatively posting a new video every day is mentally absolutely draining yeah um so I think from his like his perspective like he needs that break but you have the project coming up in 2020. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about it off air, but will you kind of detail the mission of it, um, your nonstop, how many countries you're planning sure. on visiting? Yeah, I mean, especially like 
the, the one like kind of pre note I'll give is like when it comes to traveling. Like I went to New Zealand and we filmed for thirty one straight days. Wow, that wasn't work. <laughs> like right. that was hanging out with my best friends, the best month of my life, doing the craziest, coolest things we could ever imagine. And I happen to have a camera in my hand. That's like every family vacation now. Right. You know, someone's got a camera. So like to me, that wasn't work. Um, like that was there was that was the days where I was like, is eighty five to ninety five percent enjoyable, five to fifteen percent work. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's kind of what we're talking about doing next year, and also next year is the first time I'm actually listening to my own advice that I tell my other friends, and I'm hiring a videographer. Okay, I'm hiring an editor. We're bringing a photographer. Like we're bringing people to help us do planning and like flights and ships yeah. and trains and all that stuff. Um, so it won't be me bringing along three of my friends and taking on 99.9% of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I won't have to be driving and planning and calling everyone. So I think moving forward, like, I'm actually learning how to be a little bit wiser right. and do things the right way. Um, but, yeah, the project we're working on next year is called 100 Days of Helping. Um, there is a 15 Days of Helping round that's going to happen beforehand. But the primary idea is May 1st, we're leaving for a minimum of 100 straight days to work with 100 different either nonprofits, organizations, groups, charities, causes, scientific research missions, anything that's kind of trying to do something positive, whether it's on a grand scale and they've been around for 50 years or they're a brand new startup who just found out like a new way to recycle or rebuild a coral reef. We want to spend every single day working with a new cause or group and actually like make a daily video about highlighting them. And of course, it's going to incorporate the travel. It's going to incorporate like the same kind of like you mm-hmm. feel like you're there with us mentality and perspective, but it's like vlogging with a purpose instead of just uploading for the sake of hitting an upload a button. Right. Um, so that's the goal for next year, which is like we're we're spanning six continents, aiming for 35 countries. Probably going to take 150 days is what I'm allotting for, mm-hmm. just because we're going to miss a flight. Something's <laughs> going to happen, or if we spend two days with one nonprofit, just because we are having like the greatest time. Then I'm not going to cut short one extra right. one to right. spend an extra, you know. Um, yeah. So you are trying to just pawn off positivity, essentially, because you were doing funny prank videos, but now you're saying I want to do it for a purpose. But mm-hmm. just the whole arc of positivity on social media, YouTube, etc. Like, how do you deal with the negativity, and why do you feel like it's so important to just preach positivity and good vibes and stuff like that? I don't think I handle negativity very well. Yeah. I'm one of those people who are like, if I see 100 positive comments and one negative, I'm going to respond to the negative. Yeah. Like, wholeheartedly, I admit that. Um, so, for me, it's like, I'm not even really necessarily looking at this as, like, positive or negative. But I, like, so I had never even left the country until TFIL. Until yeah. I was 26, I never left the country. It was my first time ever. Where did you go first? New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. And that was only because of rocket power. I watched Rocket Power growing up, and they had a whole movie about going to New Zealand. I was like, I want to go to New Zealand, and then I did you it. did it. So shout out Rocket Power. Um, so for me, it's like it's not necessarily about like preaching positivity. That's not what I'm looking at. For me, it's more I've had this highly successful channel, like without tooting my own horn. I think it, I think it is. You are. Of, I can confirm that. Thanks. <laughs> of, you know, traveling the world and showing people all these cool things like Luging and, 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 you know, uh, scuba diving and going out with dolphins and bungee jumping and skydiving and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. What was the point? Right. Like, I had a great time, but what was the point? Like, I leave, like, millions and millions and millions of kids have seen these videos, but what did it do? 
Like for me, like now turning 30, like that's what I look at. I'm like, what was the point of all of that? So I'm not necessarily looking at it because those are a positive impact too. Kids love watching that. It takes their mind off school, mm-hmm. stress. But it's like, how can I do that same thing where people get that same kind of sensation and like that feeling watching our videos, but actually learn something where these 16-year-olds can actually like learn a little bit. And, and like, we're not trying to like throw anything down anyone's throat or alter mm-hmm. anyone's mindset, but just give people a little bit more information. For all we know, one of these kids is like, wait, that exists. Like, I want to be involved with that. And for all we know, like, it spawns a whole new era of, of kids that are like wanting to work with these underdeveloped countries or problems that they didn't know about or like really simple like first world fixes. Like, I don't know, but I feel like at this point, I've jumped off of every bridge I can. Mm-hmm. I've jumped out of as many planes as I want to. You know, I've scuba dived with as many sharks as I want. Like, why not do this? Um, so I'm not necessarily looking at it as like a good vibes or a positive thing. For me, it's just I've already been doing this. Why not? And not everything may be positive that we're going to cover. Right. You, you know, like it might be people trying to find solutions, but a lot of the times we're probably going to work with a problem that actually doesn't have a current solution. Yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to like be like the yes theory mm-hmm. where it's like everything's going to be great. Right. And everything's gonna, like, no, like you're going to see some crappy moments. How do you think you'll balance exposing some of those things in a fun way? Because that's what makes your content so engaging. Mm-hmm. Is it's You're having a fun time doing it. Obviously, jumping out of planes is going to be more fun yeah. than exposing some problems. But how do you kind of balance that aspect of a video? So we're not going to abandon that aspect. Okay. Like if we are in South Africa and we're working with a nonprofit and on our way, there's a bridge to jump off of. We're going to do that. Right. Um, so we're never going to abandon what like built us or what we actually like love to do. Um, the focal point and the concurrent thread will be, you know, the positivity and these like upbeat missions. But we're still going to keep it fun. We're, you're still going to see us in the motorhome losing our minds driving yeah. for 12 straight hours. <laughs> like all of those moments are still going to be there. And I'm making sure the people that we bring with us are like friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So it won't be like other influencers and crazy personalities, but it's still going to have that like vlog, you're part of the family moment. And it happens to be that like, you know, six minutes into every video is where we're working with a different cause. Is it going to be the same people for all 100 plus days? As of right now, yeah. Is that going to be tough? I mean, you're on the road with with these guys for... I don't think so because it's so far in advance. Like, my girlfriend's coming. Yeah. Um, And then we have another friend of mine who I've known for three and a half years. And uh, he was supposed to do a show with HBO. And I was Mm -hmm. like, nope. I was like, what (laughs) does HBO pay you? And he was like, cool. I was like, I'm paying you that. And I was like, you know you're not turning me down for HBO. Like, you know that. Right. Um, So, like, I got him away from HBO to come do this. And he's a good friend. Um, and then we're probably going to start looking really soon for another, like, videographer, photographer. And then we might – we're going to open it up to anyone, mm-hmm. like, any of our friends that want to join. Be like, this is where I'm going to be. Right. Figure out how to get there if you right. want to come. And then I think same thing as well is, like, there's creators all around the world. So if we're in South America, you know, and if some of the creators in that country want to come join us, sure. Um, but, yeah, we're going to try and keep the same core four. And then just open it up to any extensions beyond that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about a lot of deep, intense stuff. Let's break it out a little for the fun stuff. You're okay. a funny guy. You're an entertaining guy. Sure. I feel like asking you your best story is like kind of lame, but like mm. 
that's what that's what people want to hear. Do you have like a go-to best story? In what aspect? In from vlogging days, from just you've done everything. Like, yeah. A lot of it's on YouTube. Is there anything that's not on YouTube? Is there? There's a lot of like little stuff that's not on YouTube. Yeah. Like I don't think I have like I feel like all the big stories made it. Yeah. So there's a lot of like little things that have happened that we find hilarious that yeah. no one knows about. Um, like one of the smallest examples is. I brought a forklift into my house to, for a prank, and then at the end of the prank, I was like, oh, oh, I have a forklift. We have a pool. Let me bring the forklift to the backyard, raise it up 35 feet, jump off the forklift into our pool. But then what ended up happening was the forklift slipped off the tiles into the grass, sunk into the grass because it's like 2,800 yeah. pounds. We couldn't get the forklift out. So then the only other way to get a forklift out is another forklift. <laughs> so we brought in another forklift, and that forklift also sunk into the grass. And then we had two forklifts stuck in our backyard for I think was over a week until finally they brought in a bigger, badder forklift and then yanked them both out. But to me, like, that was one of, like, it's so just dumb right. and no one knows about it. that Those are, like, the funny moments because we just lived with two forklifts in our backyard right. for over a week. And it destroyed the hallway, the house, everything. Oh, it ruined everything. Yeah, I mean, like, the second it went over, like, the uh, the floor molding, whatever yeah. you call that, it cracked it. So it, like, cracked the molding, it cracked the door frame, it cracked the tile. It was just, like, dumb things. I thought you were going to say it fell in the pool. Like, no. how big is this forklift, though, to get other forklifts? I'll be honest, it probably was a good thing it fell in the grass because yeah. it more than likely would have gone in the pool. Yeah. Because the forklift really hard to drive. I don't even know that. No, yeah. So you get to be like a registered person. So like we would have had that like a two-inch margin of error. What was the prank that you needed a forklift? Oh, so like house? I used to build those giant hands that swung uh, to my roof. Yeah. So I, I did that but with a forklift but like 20 feet high because I figured physics, higher it falls from, the more speed it'll catch. Um, so that's why. What did you study in school, learn in school? I that, dropped out of yeah. like everything. What I, made I never you, studied. What made you do that? It what? just wasn't you. The hand? No, 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 the dropping out. Oh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. I just wasn't a good student. I just wasn't attentive. Do you think that it's necessary, like, not saying recommend everyone to drop out of school, but the system, your thoughts on it? I never, like, intended to drop out. Like, I was never in school with the mindset of, like, I'm not going to complete this. Like, right. I was trying. Mm -hmm. But I think every time I would make a little progress in school, I would find another opportunity. Like, I worked for, like, Live Nation. Mm -hmm. like, so I was like, well, why well, stay in school when I already have a good job? Right. And then I came out to California, and same kind of concept. I was like, I'm not studying in here, anything here important. It's going to take me four years to get a degree, so I switched to massage school. And then I became a massage therapist and then was working, and then same thing. I went back to school, and I was like, well, why am I doing this when I'm yeah. making – it was just one of those weird things where I just kind of went with the most rational decision. I've never been one for like a four-year plan. Like I don't like I don't like the idea yeah, of like, like planning. I don't Locking like the, yourself into that. Yeah, I don't like that that concept of like you're just gonna like wholly trust that nothing's gonna change in the next four years, right. and that whatever degree you're gonna get in is still gonna be viable, <laughs> or you're still gonna care about in like the the point of your life where every single day your mindset's changing about everything. Right. Um, so for me, that was, like, the huge thing. It was, like, I just kind of chased the, the decision that made the most sense for me right then and there. I like that. Yeah. So we always sign off with advice. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you suggest dropping out of school. I wouldn't, but, I wouldn't anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but you've dropped some really good nuggets. But your number one uh, best advice to the listeners, I mean, it could be literally how to 
do well on YouTube and doing well for someone new could be a hundred views. It could be your best life lesson, whatever it is, mm -hmm. your best piece of advice. I'll probably give you the most evergreen but kind of generic advice I can mm -hmm. give because I truly believe it okay. is just like do what you love to do. That's really what it comes down to. If you're if you're doing what you love to do, you're going to be happy doing it. It's going to translate into your work. Even if your work fails, well, you're still doing something that you love. Even yeah. right, like I guess it'd be like going to a baseball game and like striking out all five times. It's like okay, you didn't get on base, but you still did what you love. You weren't doing your taxes, so yeah. at least you were <laughs> exactly. So for me, it's like it's always been that. It's like even if you're if you're failing, and but as long as you're trying something that you care about, that's all I would say. So I'll take it a, t a step further with you. I'm curious because you kind of went all in on your idea, but how about someone who says, okay, I know what I love, I know what I want to do, but I have things to handle. I have kids or I have family, I'm in school. I have, like, how do you balance that or is it really just a effort type of thing? No, I mean, I wouldn't say abandon your kids. Well, <laughs> you tell me that. Tell me definitely that. Definitely not that. Definitely like, not. You just say, F your kids, your family, your house, your mortgage, and go make YouTube videos. <laughs> like, no. But I think, like, you can find you can find a way to just slowly integrate it. As long as you're just slowly working on it, even if it's 30 minutes a day, like, something a little bit every single day. Like, no one holds you accountable for, like, if, you're, if we're talking straightly YouTube, like, mm. there's a lot of creators out there that do amazing work, and they upload once a month. Right. Like, they do amazing work. And, like, it's just because, like, when they have the time, they put into it. But I think, like, you can find a way, like, don't kill yourself. But at the same time, like, if it's something you love doing, then it shouldn't, right. you know. It shouldn't be work. I think a lot of people love to act like they're busy, but then they realize, well, I binged uh, the latest Netflix mm -hmm. series, or I watched Elton's YouTube videos for yeah. six hours, but I didn't have mind. time. It blows my mind when I hear friends that are like, yeah, I watched four different series. I'm like, how? <laughs> well, how are you doing? Are you not sleeping? Are you not working? Right. One of these two is not <laughs> happening. Um, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You're working on some really cool stuff in 2020. I'm excited. Maybe I'll meet you in uh, South Africa. Sure. I can get some time off. We'll see.